Buongiorno and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy and international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tecum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of the Global Podcast, we're actually going to take a different approach to our episodes, which usually cover diplomacy and international development. Instead, our shift of focus will be on the pressing issue of many of our audience, and that is around empathic leadership and how much it is needed right now, especially within the third sector and those working in governments. As the world shuts down, it leaves the most vulnerable populations feeling more vulnerable with the capacity for lockdowns and working from home becoming a pure luxury and a privilege for those who can do it. For these people, many working in the humanitarian and development field have been working tirelessly to support them in order for them to survive and understand how the world is changing all around them. Yet at the same time, many organizations are expected to work business as usual, working long hours, meeting the deadlines, All the while, with third sector jobs being cut due to pullback on investment and aid funds, international development programs being compromised due to economic outlooks, mental health also in jeopardy, and the uncertainty of the pandemic playing with the lives of those who are working to save the lives of others. This is where empathic leadership is needed now more than ever. And therefore, our discussions on today's episode are going to be around that topic. These discussions are going to be raw. The language may be explicit, the stories may be slightly shocking, and egos will be dropped. But the general intention is to get one thing across. For those working in the third sector and finding everything quite overwhelming, you are not alone. And for those leading within the third sector to realize it's okay to not know what to do. This episode is meant to inspire you. Joining us on today's discussions are Jessica Cordova-Kramer, Richard Smith, and Amel Murphy. Jessica Cordova-Kramer is the co-founder and CEO of Limonada Media, an award-winning podcast network. The network has gone on to create hit series, including Last Day, The Bubble with Andy Slavitt, Our America with Julian Castro, The Good Kid series, and its newest episode and show, Add to Cart, with Kulap Vilesak and Suchin Pak. Limonada's goal is to make shows that help people get out of bed in the morning, that help people deal with the hardest shit in their lives. She is also the executive producer of Pod Save the People podcast, which has won multiple Webby Awards. Richard Smith is a chartered sustainability professional with nearly 20 years business experience. He has operated in the private, public, and third sector with a current focus on sustainable economic development in the south of Scotland as part of a wider well-being economy and just transition to net zero. 
Richard has studied business and leadership at Cranefield School of Management and advocates compassionate leadership in all aspects of business. He practices mindfulness and draws upon his teaching to be present and connected with others for an open and progressive organizational culture. And finally, Amel Murphy is the founder of Embodied Beings, a leadership and personal development consultancy with the intent to accompany each person on their awakening journey. She works to help them rediscover what's important to them, redefine who they might be, and realign actions so that they can reignite their passion. And I might also add, she is a TEDx speaker, and I highly recommend her TED Talk, Dropping the F-Word, How to Express Freedom of Choice. Everyone, thank you for joining us on the Global Podcast. I want to take this time now to actually get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, and and as I said, dropping out the ego. So this means, uh, though all our viewers are very accustomed to my, my serious voice, it's just now getting back to basics and just uh, cutting facades. Let's just get raw and a bit brief. How has this year been for all of you? Very briefly, very, very briefly so far for you. Jessica, let's start with you. How's this year been for you? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I guess I would start by just saying it's been completely unexpected on every front. And um, I, I, I think for the first time in humanity, it's been unexpected in similar ways across the globe. Um, we all started out with lots of hopes for 2020. And 2020, 2019 was a tough year, I think, in general, um, around the world. And, you know, as we do with the new year, we 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 think about what we want 2020 to bring and boom um it brought a global pandemic in some places civil unrest um lots of political confusion and strife um ongoing issues with equity across the world um certainly in the united states where i'm from so i think it was unexpected and also as a company it was unexpected in some good ways we have a podcast company that's about getting people out of bed in the morning creating radical empathy making the world less shitty and um, we thought it was a miserable place in 2019 and that our company would be necessary in 2020. Um, we had unparalleled growth because people were just hungry for that community. And um, it was sort of a crucible year for us in terms of audience growth and revenue growth. Um, so completely affected, um, lots of twists and turns and um, some good, some not so good. Yeah, it goes according to the name Lemonade, in that case, to really turning the lemons into to lemonade. Uh, Richard, if I can ask you as well, too, how has this year been for you uh, so far, very briefly? Yeah, so I think it's it's been um, a sobering experience. Um, there's been ups and downs, personally, professionally, I think, um, that uh, it's... it's um, it's, it's highlighted the, the 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 fragility of of, of people and um, and and also our our connection uh, with the world in which we live and and but I think it's it's elevated um, a very serious discussion um, up the agenda around how we live and work and it's it's given us the opportunity as hard as it's been to. To really address some really critical um, topics and, and, and areas that we need to focus on moving forward for a better way of living and working, and and it, it's it's been tough for me and my family, and I've been through a period of fur, furlough and losing my job and starting a new job, um, but but I've seen opportunity in that as well. So um, 
I've tried to look on the, the positives it, uh, of, of it and uh, and tried to make it work for me and my family, but, but also tried to 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 see you know the bigger picture and how we can uh, break with convention and and do things differently moving forward from this point. Break with convention. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the the theme for the rest of this talk. Thank you for mentioning that. And Amel, uh, what about you? How has this year been for you? I mean, and it's, and it's worth noting that your name in Arabic means hope as well, too. So what, what, where's the hope from your head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's been a roller coaster, I have to say, but a beautiful roller coaster as as every time, like the pain where I am in a roller coaster, it actually brought, you know, or put the spotlight on on a particular pattern as a behavior. Uh, a way of being in the world. It got me to question a lot of things. It got me to refocus. But at the same time, it really, it really brought me back to the simple and the fundamental of a human. What does it mean to be a human being? And the need to connect. It really. Uh, I spend most of my time, like uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, just connecting with people and creating space to have conversations and just see where people are, where I am, and allowing myself to also speak my vulnerabilities more op- openly. Not that I, I shy away from it, but there was another level of wanting to share and not hide or not oppress. There was there was a much more desire to, to lend a hand when it's possible. And yeah, it, it's just, for me, it was just a, it's an opportunity. It gave me an opportunity to reimagine and to rekindle that desire of creating a different world. Yeah. I always had a dream of living in community and what it means and all. And this this uh, pandemic was was that for me. It reignited and highlighted and also allowed me to see it. Like we actually witnessed uh, community coming together. And that was really, really sobering and beautiful to witness. Precisely. That need for community and that need to really, to, to just to really show that one is not alone, which is now taking me to, to really ask the pointing questions. And I want to take this, I want to take this to you, Jessica, because when it comes to understanding the importance of realizing you're not alone, I think, uh, not I think, let me rephrase that. I know Limonada Media and the podcasts it produces are absolutely sublime. I mean, last day, I have to recommend to all audience, you know, apart from subscribing to the Global Podcast, do subscribe as well to uh, the Limonada Media podcast, such as Last Day, because the the depth of the authenticity and the depth of showing one is not alone is 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 absolutely glorious and you know you have also worked within the third sector as well too predominantly within teach for america and teach for all so you understand the dynamics within the sector and not specific specifying that organization at all i'm talking about just in general within the field that there can be a lack of a rawness um and authenticity sometimes depending of course it depends where one finds itself however taking it back how important is it to really have that raw, authentic uh, uh, example within the third sector? And, and where do you see there's a disparity, if you see any at all? Like, where do you see that people are getting it wrong? Oh, 
Great question. Um, I mean, I think this rolls all the way back to just how we've constructed the world that we live in. Um, and I mean that in the most micro sense and in, in specific communities and also as you zoom out and just look at the, the earth and humanity at this moment um, more broadly. I, I, you know, I think we've really come to a crossroads and social media has exacerbated this to some extent because we can see um, each other's pain in a different way. Um, but I think, you know, Lemonade is one of our core, core values is around community. Um, my brother died of a heroin overdose in 2017, Stefano. He was my best friend. He was my little brother. And my co-founder of Lemonade, Stephanie's brother, Harris Whittles, also died the same way two years prior. And the two of us came together and decided the world was a shit show. Um, we had one specific way. The opioids crisis took both our brothers. Um, they were magnanimous, incredible human beings, and it took them down like a monster. Um, and we wanted to create a piece of art that would provide community people suffering with the same issue across the country and across the world. Um, family members, people who themselves are struggling with addiction. Um, and so we made last day and the, the concept is that you zoom in on someone's last day of life in season one, it's my brother. And then you zoom out and you try to understand how the hell did we get here? And where is the hope? Could we have prevented this as a society? Could we prevent this? Season two is on suicide. Um, and we're midway through that season now. Won't spend too much time talking about the podcast, but the theory of change that Stephanie, who also comes from the third sector, and I brought to Lemonada was that people are suffering. We need to showcase the pain um, in order to end the stigma. We need to make sure that people feel less alone and tackle problems head on and and feel less ashamed about them and be able to understand what the solutions are instead of wallowing in the problems. Um, and also that radical empathy is the path through. And the only way for people to really understand things is to hear it from people in a first person way. So all of our podcasts are around first person narratives, creating platforms for untold stories. Um, and we've got 10 series now. Uh, people can check them out. Um, and I think, you know, I think trying to solve problems for communities without them is something that the third sector has struggled with, that governments have struggled with forever. Um, trying to impose solutions on communities without giving them a hand in designing their own solutions is nonsensical and frankly just doesn't work. Um, it creates more pain. It's inefficient. Um, and having organizations and institutions led by people who are not trying to solve their own community problems also doesn't work. Um, so as we think about the future and as we think about this moment, a pandemic, civil unrest, um, rising political fractures in nearly every community across the world, we've really got to say, who's, who gets to tell their story? Who gets to solve their problems? Um, and how much do we look at humans as humans, as suffering beings, um, and really just addressing the problems that we, we spend you know, 12, 14 hours a day now trying to solve? Um, so I, I think that, that it's, it's empathy, it's really just investing diverse individuals in solving their own problems. Um, putting the resources in the hands and redistributing power in radical ways um, so that we're, you know, really getting to heart to the heart of, of human suffering. 
there's two key things you've mentioned which are which are key uh, basically the, the individual experience clearly understanding that you know that everybody is going through this on an individual personal basis and also the the issue with trying to design a solution but not incorporating the community and this is making me think uh, of uh, within the third sector and including in government where one is trying to within the divisions and the departments and within the leadership of of let's say the NGO or God knows what to say right well this is the solution how we're going to stay together we'll have Zoom I don't know Zoom tapas drinks or we'll do an activity together Zoom or uh, so, some sort of solution where it's not really you know they're not having as one would say in the states a powwow everybody to sit down and talk and say right what is needed how are you feeling or just really checking in and seeing how you are and now i do want to take this to richard because richard you you have been advocating for compassionate leadership in all aspects of business for a while um and and of course you're familiar with the the issue within the the, the sector in regards to uh burnout that can occur so frequently so with burnout already occurring pre-covid and now covid coming into our lives where are we really lacking in regards to 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 getting compassionate leadership done and where has been there been successes previously in the past where you feel that it can make sense applying now um okay so i think um it's really important to um and, and kind of connecting with what jessica said you know there's there's um it's really important to create um, a, an environment where people feel that they can can talk, um, and um, whether you you know operate in the private, third, or public sector, it's essentially within any organisation, or whether that's a business or a community group. Um, the there has to be um, uh, an environment where pe- individuals can can share their feelings and the things that that are important to them uh, you know uh, and and that individuality is is incredibly important it's you know, we're we're all unique and we all feel and experience things in different ways and throughout the pandemic you know there's been you know various reactions um to 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 these experiences by by individuals throughout societies across the world and depending on background you know that manifests itself in many different ways i think um if if you're looking at it from a, a leadership perspective you know it, it's one thing to have empathy and to to have the ability to understand and share the feelings of another but but to be compassionate is, is the ability to want to act upon that and and to, to want to do something about it and and being connected to others um, and being able to act means that you've got to be able to listen and you've got to be able to create an environment where people can 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 speak out and feel comfortable in doing so and and you know there's if you look at for example you know the area of mental health if if you if you create an environment where this, you know people feel comfortable speaking out, then that removes a stigma around it. And and of course, that's been a challenge for many many years. And 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 the the, the really quite um, sad statistics around suicide and and um, and 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 people struggling with these things it tells a, a story about that. And and I think. Um, what we're trying to do now in an organizational sense and you know in, in businesses throughout the world etc is 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 to remove that stigma and be able to to talk about you know, how we feel which 
you know, look, in a business sense has been a challenge, you know, for a lot of people uh, historically. And, you know, I said I mentioned about breaking with convention earlier when we spoke. And I think, um, you know, that that's the key here is that we, we need to understand that um, the way that we've done things for a long time is, is not really delivered results. It's not actually delivered the best things for people or for the environment for that matter. And, you know, I know we're not really talking about that today. So, you know, I, I'll focus on the people element, but, but ultimately people are um, connected with the world in which they live and, and the environment serves us in many, many different ways. And I think it's, it's really important here um, that we understand uh, that that connection between environment and, and and people and creating a connected world where we understand each other's feelings and want to act upon that is how we will create uh, a better place to live and work um, that uh, that is more focused on on the well-being of people i.e their happiness and health as opposed to uh, hard numbers around economic output for example economic output and also productivity because there also seems to be the obsession and this is from my experience speaking with colleagues um and and in the work that 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 pax does which is the the organization that supports this podcast in regards to the constant need to do more 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 which is surprising you know during these times when we're finding ourselves in extremely difficult conditions difficult moments and 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 lives completely shattered and torn apart and changed uh and this this allows me to think about how you've indicated how it's changing from it's been business as usual and trying to have more compassion and that seems to be the issue there is this this facade of what leadership should bring. In fact, uh, last month I was giving virtual though a talk for the Qatar Foundation on vulnerable leadership, which they were very excited about and the need for it. And it's interesting how every it was assumed that vulnerability meant weakness and was not meant for leadership, which which I found surprising. And in that sense, I now want to take this to Amel to ask because Amel, your work is about realigning actions and discovering purpose and rediscovering what's important. In this aspect, what is an actual block for leaders in regards to breaking themselves from the paradigm of? what a leader should be, which should be the stoic, numbers-only uh, Wall Street or, or Wolf of Wall Street or God knows what-esque uh, person. What are these blocks? And and for those who are listening, who are asking themselves, well, hold on, what can I do to change this? What are the triggers they need to recognize to, to slowly begin to, to remove themselves from that paradigm? I feel like I want to go back want and what do people need in order for them to thrive and there are three things we all want to feel safe you know we have shelter home food we all want to belong to a tribe to connect to feel like we're part of something we're part of uh, uh, a group of people that can understand us don't know that we connect with and the third thing is dignity which is the possibility to add value and a possibility to choose you know, I have been a choice in life. And when we look at when we look at organizations or when we look at the world in general and the way the way leadership is defined, it's very heroic. It's like this hero journey where you have to conquer and you have to slay dragons and you have to cross thresholds and you know, destroy and all. So it's not it doesn't come from uh, a caring 
and a daring place like courageous like courage like which is about the fearlessness of the heart uh, the care which is like you know we were talking about third uh, third sector and I was, I was thinking like how can you care for someone or you care for a community support a community where you don't even care for yourself you don't even stop and check in and ask yourself how am I how am I doing really really doing how am I being at the moment how am I feeling so it's really quite difficult to actually uh, create something from a space where you don't have it for yourself. So as leaders, it's really, I feel like as human being, not just leaders, for me, like all of us as human being, it's really important that we like to the space, we create space, safe space for people to to connect and share. And to also like not look at leadership as a set of actions but it's actually a way of being in the world you know where you take a stand for what is true and right in them in any given moment exactly. and there's, yeah and there's there's one one thing as well like i feel like a lot of the time we focus on solving problems and on solutions we're actually we don't even understand what's the problem we don't create space to speak about the problem and I, we've seen it with the, the gender we see it with the race we need like you know we need to start falling in love with the problems and creating space for people to talk what it means in order for us to really create the change we can't just this is not a programmatic programmatic issues at the moment but it's actually a culture change that we need to engage in and it's important that we we don't tie in these changes like compassionate leadership or whatever as an exercise. Oh, let, let's run a program on the compassionate leadership and everybody will be that. But more of how do we actually start looking at it as a, from a systemic point of view? How can we change some of the fabric of our, what do we value? Like if you look at the social media, who do you see uh, we kind of get the most likes and the t retweets and this and that. It's like, what are the messages we're sending through our social media, through our communications, like the the, the television and all? It's it's. I feel like it's uh, it's a very. Uh, we have like I feel like at the moment we have the opportunity to redefine everything. For ourselves, reimagine leadership, reimagine that is more resourceful to us. That, you know, someone that experienced depression in the past, I know that as soon as this hit, the COVID 19 hit, the first thing I came to mind, I don't want anybody to experience what I went through. And I would do anything that is in my power that I wouldn't like uh, for someone not. To go the rabbit down the rabbit hole, not being able to speak because they feel ashamed and guilty that they're feeling the way they're feeling and all. So it's also it's important for us as 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 individuals to model that whatever we're speaking through is not just about talking, but it's actually modeling what we want to change and seeing more of that. And to have that commitment, not like to term like you know because. It, don't associate it to 
like a political term, like there is a four year in government, so we need to work on race, so let's do a program on race or this or that. But to have a long term commitment, because it is not, it's not about to happen overnight. Nothing will happen overnight. It can never happen overnight. And I'm so happy you mentioned to not do some webinar, to do some workshop, because knowing the third sector, anybody who's listening and, and was trying to really take it to heart was probably thinking, right, we're going to have a workshop. And that is that is that is definitely not going to help. It's not going to help. You can't have a, a mapping session and, and none of that nonsense. What you really need is just to be listening and to be raw and to also be vulnerable to not know what to do and and i want to take this back to jessica because jessica again uh i cannot express enough how much limonada does such a good job on demonstrating vulnerability i mean the 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 the, the voices that you bring up the the thought leaders the celebrities the leaders who come and 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 just bear themselves raw and 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 display how it's important to not have shame in being so vulnerable and not knowing the answers is is absolutely is a tonic for our time so for those who are asking in regards to 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 you know what benefit can this bring for those analytical minded audience that are listening in what have been the benefits what has been this change in the impact you've seen when you've brought in whether it's been guests or your own team members in regards to allowing them to take off the guard and just be themselves what have been the impacts that you've seen you know, I'm also a parent. So I have a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old, and there's so many there's so many things that just about human nature that you have to bring into your leadership, and then you have to just cross the word leadership out and call it something else, like modeling, um, because people come to an organization, whether it's a government organization or an NGO uh, or an organization like Lemonada, which is where for for-profit company, but we, we operate much like a not-for-profit. Um, they come because they want to do good. And you've got to let them. And part of letting them do good is being kind and allowing them to be creative and fail and come up with ideas and try them and see what works in an environment that is not laden with stress and um, anger and mistrust. And, you know, children don't do well in those circumstances. Grown-ups don't do well in those circumstances. And nobody takes a job at a in a third sector because they want to, you know, not work hard or not do well or not make a difference. Um, and I think it really takes modeling at every level of an organization, including founders like me, including um, others uh, within the organization, managers, if, if that's the, the way the organization functions, or anyone really, modeling the behavior of trust, kindness, um, assuming the best in others, assuming that when people are coming to a meeting or coming to a solution or coming with a problem that they want support and help and have good ideas, um, and then fostering creativity. I mean, Lemonade is a, we're a production company. We are a studio. Um we mostly have people who are creatives across the team and nobody can make good art that changes the world if they're feeling stressed or mistrusted. Um, and so, you know, it, you treat others the way you want to be treated. You assume the best. Um, you call yourself out when you're failing or you tell people when you're feeling stressed um, as a leader. 
Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll have folks come to my check-in and be like, oh, I'm really stressed about this thing. Can we spend a little time there? Um, I'm going to ask some pointed questions, not because I don't think we're doing a good job or doing our best, but because I think we could solve some problems together and just being humble um, and human and um, speaking from the heart. And also, you know, I'm a woman in leadership and I'm not super, you know, I'm only 41 years old. Uh, I'm a CEO of a venture-backed company and there's a little bit of imposter syndrome and a little bit of like, ooh, you got to have some gravitas. So also balancing that and, and talking about it openly in a in a humble way. Um, I'm trying to lead an organization in a space that's very dominated by men. Um, and that takes a little bit of, you know, standing up straight and pretending I know what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it's a mix of all of those things and, and then just trying to do it with, with kindness. Exactly, with kindness and knowing that we don't have the answers to everything. Uh, and just, you know, and, and doing it well. And I have to say, not to quote JLo, but you're definitely doing it well. Um, and I do want to take the last question towards Amel and Richard. You know, for those who are listening and who are really trying to understand, how do I go about doing this? What are some, some just key tips on becoming a more compassionate leader? Um, Richard, I'll start, I'll start with you and then end with Amel. Yeah, sure. So I think um, the vulnerability element is is absolutely key and it's not a sign of weakness. I, I was really keen to emphasize that. Um, why do we need to be a different person in the workplace to that of our home or a social setting? Um, authenticity, sincerity, um, showing that, you know, you you're a person sharing your human side is absolutely key to being successful in the workplace and to building effective working relationships so so if you're defining a compassionate leader um, or someone who inspires action in others then it's it's that ability to to be real and to be authentic and to create an environment where where you talk about your personal challenges as well as those of your team and those around you and I think it's absolutely essential that that we that we um, as I said earlier uh, create that environment and um, we are uh, keen to talk about the things that that you know that we find challenging you know to give an example I'm currently doing a mental health first aider um, training um, course and 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 actually that's exposed some really difficult things for me uh, that personally that I've I've actually identified through doing that course that there's some things I, I need to work on as an individual because it's it's really it's quite it really quite difficult actually some of the material that we've gone through and it's it's made me realize that there's some attributes that I have that lend themselves towards um, for example depression you know I've, I've experienced some very very difficult times over the last year and that have been connected into into personal experiences but also to work experiences and you know I've experienced a difficult working environment with with uh, uncompassionate leaders people that um, have have not made it easy in fact have seemingly gone out of their way to make life difficult for me and that I really struggled with that and it, it, it absolutely ruined my self-confidence for a period of time and I went to a really dark place and it's I've had to work really hard on that over the last year, and I think um, I, so. I, I, you know, I'm keen to talk about that. I, I'm, I, 
I try to talk openly about my experiences with others because I want them to know that it, it's okay to do that. And if we all do that, then we'll, we'll be more connected and we'll be in the moment and we'll be able to address those challenges together instead of brushing them under the carpet or, or, or just pretending they don't exist. Because these challenges do exist every day for everyday people and we have to work together to overcome them. They do exist, exactly. And Amel... Yeah, I just wanted to leave us with what, like two things for me. The first thing is, is in every walking human being, in any every growing up, every adult that you see walking in your, in your office, in the street and all, there's a wounded child. So be kind and gentle because you have no idea what people are going through. So, and just be curious to why they behave in the way trauma is a reality we are all traumatized in a way or another we all have experienced it you don't need to have big t trauma for you to so just just be kind and just just listen all all it takes is just attend just pay attention to people's uh, yeah the other thing that i want to share the other thing that uh, that comes to mind as well is it's about time that we redefine masculinity. I feel like uh, this way of viewing masculinity is not helping anyone. It's not helping men to thrive and it's not helping women to thrive either. So working through stereotypes of what it means to be vulnerable, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, this and that may help us actually drop some of our masks and be more authentic and more allowing. And we stop the hiding, like the game and the avoidance. And third thing, actually, how can we, my quest actually is not an answer, but it's more of a quest is how can we create more space where people can we can speak about our emotions how can we start listening to our emotions because they are intelligence you know they're asking us for something to shift they're telling us something that is not working for us and we're actually fearing them how can we not fear our fears and our anxieties and how can we tune into them more so that's my uh that's what I'll leave, you, leave us with. Thank you very much, everybody, for your contribution, for your time, and really allowing everybody to understand the importance of this. And I think what is crucial is to really letting go of these masks. And Amel, we can go on forever talking about toxic masculinity um, and, and that exists within the sector. But thank you, everybody, for coming on. I really hope this has become not just food for thought, but really an inspiration to realize for those working in the third sector who are working to make a change in the lives of so many people around the world, just really understanding that change cannot possibly happen unless you really change yourself. So hopefully this will be that inspiration. Thank you, everybody, for coming in on The Global Podcast. That brings us to the end of this edition of The Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www paxtechandglobal.org, that's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of PAX on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
Join us next week for another edition, and until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!